It's what's today, bro? Thursday, Friday, Thursday. It's rainy. I'm Pi. I'm from Australia. It's my first time on. I'm a host here at Day by Day U. Um, I'm here with John and Reef Mainstays. Reef, the um, the creator of Day by Day U, obviously. My former roommate, too. Here with John, too. And also introducing our guest for today, Kevin Green. Yes. Glad to be here. Kevin's a proud native of Springfield. He's a master's level social work practitioner with plenty of purpose and drive. We're really grateful to have him on today. A couple of things that Green is a part of. He's a chief visionary visionary and CEO of uh, Seeds of a Father, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is dedicated to the overall well-being and enrichment of father-child relational development. Um, he's also currently a K3 coaching specialist at Literacy Lab in Springfield, Massachusetts. He has um, obviously demonstrated knowledge working with various populations that present unique challenges that are uni- unique to us, people of color. And, uh, and he also has a history of creating initiatives that focus on encouraging education and the quality of life. So thanks again, Kevin. Really appreciate you coming out today. Yes. Glad to be here. So please, bro, if I haven't covered enough, just give us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of who you are, despite what you do, obviously in the intro, but please, take it away. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely glad to be here. Um, I'm a proud native of Springfield, Massachusetts, and a great advocate for, for education and entrepreneurship. I'm growing up in Springfield, Massachusetts. Unfortunately, I grew up without my biological father, so some of the initiatives and some of the nonprofit and going into the field of social work came from my lived life experience. And so I wanted to strengthen the honorable significance of fatherhood. So I started a 501c3 nonprofit to do just that. And so our different initiatives that we have, we have a James E. Charles I Read Initiative that's going to encourage literacy development because when you look at the deficit when father absence, it's statistics show that education is lower. So I want to make sure if fathers are absent, um, I want to make sure how we're going to get back on track is get them involved and get them active and point to some of the educational things that's going to make an impact. And so all of our initiatives are geared towards those type of things to where we're strengthening the relationship between fathers and their children and then the education part to help build up this, the students and the children. So I'm glad to be here. What people don't know is I have a little brother in your program. He graduated, what, uh, yeah. Tony, Tony, I think? Or, man, I don't even know. It's COVID and I stopped everything. Like, um, what is Seeds of a Father? Like, how did you come up with that idea? Well, um, being the fact that I grew up without my biological father and um, being a father myself, I have a 17-year-old daughter, um, I just wanted to make sure that people understood the honorable significance of what fathers contribute to the lives of their children, families, and communities. And so from my lived experience and from educational experience, I'm able to put those things together and then go out and be a support to other people in my community, other people who look like me in the schools, in the churches, um, out on the high, highways and byways. 
because there are the statistics show 72, I think it's 72% of African-American children grow up um, in single-parent households. And so I know there's a lot of work to do. So I started that organization back in 2013 to make sure I lifted up, I lift up the significance of it. And we've been going ever since. Man, yeah. 2013. Yeah. I, that's what it, I'm terrible in math, so I'm years. not even gonna check. Nine years. Yeah. Nine years. I'm terrible in math. All right. I'm a sociology major. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So it's just like so I wanted you on here because th- there's a topic we don't discuss at all at all as us as men, black black or whatever. You feel me? Is it's a topic that we never get into because why do you think we don't talk about that well in the topic of mental health um there's a lot of vulnerability when it comes to expressing ourselves um, especially growing up um in the hood where we're from even if you are scared you better act like you're not scared <laughs> um because that is what how we it's just a game of survival it's a survival of the fittest where we're from so um to open up with emotions could leave you vulnerable, right? And yeah. so we don't want to we don't want to live vulnerable. So that's one of the main reasons why mental health and those things don't get talked about as much. Just on our front, like how we don't relate, we won't share exactly what's going on with us because we don't want to be vulnerable. Um, that's just among us. It's like a that sign is a, a sign of. A weakness or a few of us. You agree? Yeah. Um, do you think growing up that affected you as a kid? Not being able to express yourself and like say exactly how you feel because you might someone pulling up on you, oh, that's the little crybaby right there. Do you think that affected you? Well, I didn't I didn't feel that way. Um it's it's because that people accepted me for who I was, mm-hmm. right? So um of course there were, you know, in our hood there were those <laughs> but you know, I wasn't one of those, right? So they'd be like, "All right, Kev, you know, um, we about to go do this. We are gonna holler at you later." You know what I mean? So they accepted me for who I was. Okay. So they didn't challenge me. Um, I never smoked. I never drank. You know, they accepted me for who I was. So I didn't have to act outside of myself. Um, and if I did try to act outside of myself, they'll be like, "Yo, you, you all right?" You know what I mean? So being able to express myself, um, I did freely. Right. And, and this is what they look for. This is how they knew who I was when I wasn't acting outside of myself. So I didn't have the challenge of being bullied because I didn't participate in what they didn't do, what they did. And I didn't have to act outside of myself um, so I could express myself. Mm-hmm. Right. They 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 knew that was me. If I didn't, they would probably be like, that's not you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. You said that the bullying aspect. Do you think that most, you know, young men who get bullied is just because they don't really know how to, like, articulate between themselves and the person that's bothering them? Okay, bro, can you stop? Why are you doing this before it escalates and gets worse? You think the per- the person the, that's getting, let's say, harassed should speak up for themselves first and then try to handle not nothing physical, just, like, man-to-man, like, come on, man, let's not do this no more. Well, I mean, it's, that's a skill set, mm-hmm. right, to be assertive. Um, and sometimes we don't have that skill set to be assertive verbally without physicality, right? So where we from, it's like, you know, you're pressing, you pressing me, so this is going to get physical, escalate, 
expeditiously, right? So yeah, it's kind of like it's not it's not going to be a lot of verbal going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to escalate high. And so to be able to be assertive is a skill set, right? That we have to practice. And and actually, um, where we come from in, in the hood, that's not a skill set that's looked upon so greatly. You know, I mean, you might think of it being soft or um, not being down, right? So that skill set is a very hard skill set to operate in, um, to to be assertive. Um, sometimes when we when you recognize it, it's too late because <laughs> the confrontation already happened. You suspended from school because you had a fight with with the kid. Um, so to be able to express yourself, to be assertive, is a, is a skill set. It's actually one of the workshops that I teach about. Um, being assertive. How do you effectively communicate what you're feeling um, without losing yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's very important because you know us as men of color, we're very emotional. I'm a, I myself am very emotional. You know, like I, I played sports growing up, I cry all the time. I still cry. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like I don't feel like that's me being you know soft. It's just like sometimes you just gotta let it out. You know, mm-hmm. and like I felt like growing up, like. I kind of can relate with how you say you never really got bullied. You never really, it's like my friends never really tried me that way because it understood that's just that's just him. That's what he's into, and like I feel like a lot of kids nowadays they don't they don't really know how to like really like speak out not against their friends, but like when like the friends are like picking on them in a way it's just like okay, bro, stop that right now, you know. So I feel like just the people who are around can like growing our mental health as well. I, I totally agree. We, you know, we call that social emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Being aware of who you are, and then the, the, the self awareness and social awareness. Uh, self awareness is me identifying with some of the triggers and things that's gonna um, get me in my feelings. Social awareness is maybe how that making you feel, right? Or how you I'm um, connecting to someone else. So when we talk about um, those feelings, it's social emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So how are we relating? What's the skill set to be able to operate, to self-express? And then the social awareness is how do we connect it to someone else? So um, those are skill sets that we do not practice on a regular basis. You know, and, and sometimes we don't even recognize it as a skill set. We just thinking that well, that's, that's just how it is. That's how, how we express ourselves. But when you break it down, those are actual skill sets. And there's a whole curriculum around social, emotional, they call, they call it SEL in school, social, emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole curriculum on that. Um, but a lot of people don't have the skill set and they go on the physicality versus the verbal expression. You, um, you mentioned assertiveness before and in relation to your, uh, your nonprofit, obviously. <clears throat> I know personally, like, uh, like my dad definitely thinks that when I was growing up, I was soft. I think he thinks, like, in relation to him, that his time and the men that had to grow up, especially when they were his age, they had to be a lot more assertive, like you were saying. Damn, that Do you was your think, dad. Yeah, bro, my dad definitely thinks I'm soft. He still thinks I'm soft, bro. Bro, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's like me, no, good. my mom plays that, you feel me? Yeah. Like, I grew up by my stepdad, but in all honesty, my mom was my father figure regardless of everything, you feel yeah. me? I feel and it's just like she taught me, Reef, the world out there as a black man, they won't allow you to feel their emotions. They won't allow you to just be you. So my mom taught me to have 
not a wall up, but by my guard up. Because one, I'm black. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm an immigrant. And three, I'm Muslim in America. So it's just like, oh. Exactly. That's a world hitter. So it's like. So you got to hold everything close, bro. There's no point putting it all out there because it leaves you exposed. Exactly. Right? No weakness at all. That's exactly. how I, that's and how I was taught. And just on that, with assertiveness and just and with your like your nonprofit, do you think like now, particularly for like young, maybe black men, that it's harder for them to step out of that and drop that and be less assertive compared to like when you were a kid or maybe even before that? Like generationally, do you think it gets softer and softer as other people think? Well, I right now, especially with everything that's going on with um, black men. It can be a challenge, right? Um, yeah. Because if you express yourself aggressively, you gotta be mindful how you're moving. When don't you have to be mindful when you're moving? When you're black, driving while black, walking while black, talking while black, dressing while black. Yeah. You know all these different things that's that's happening. Um, does it get easier? I'm not sure that it gets easier, but it's talked about more. Yeah. Right. Definitely it's more, more open for sure. It's in the open more. Yeah. So if it's more in the open. And like mental health coming up, nah, that's not something we talked about before. It was just like, this is the way it is. This is how you grew up. You know what I mean? It wasn't talking about no mental health. This is the way of life. This is how you grew up. This is what we understood. So now it's more open to talk about mental health and some of the effects of what's happening, what we're exposed to. And so I just think now in this generation, although there's a lot of things going on, it's more open than it was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And kind of like how you said, if the the generations get softer and softer, I kind of I want to disagree with that a little bit. I feel like our our generation coming up, yeah, some of us are soft, but it's a lot of us who have that, you know, look you straight in your eyes, will tell you <laughs> tell you it, it exactly as it is, you know. And I feel like us as like young adults, we're tired of being lied to. Mm. We're tired of listening to this person. This person's lying to us. This person generally doesn't want to have the best interest for us. I'm like, you know, as black people, like, I understand, I understand when someone's lying to me. I understand when someone's trying to play me. Our mothers t- teach us that first. So we, we know when someone's iffy, you know? And, like, mm. this generation, we're, we're sick of the, the, all the same thing is going on over and over again because it's sad, man. You know? So it's like, when are we going to, like, say, okay, I'm gonna do my part. Maybe my part helps someone else. You know, so it's like we gotta do something. Don't don't gotta save the world. Just save the person next to you. So it's like I feel like we we gotta we gotta step it up and not wait for the mm, next the next man up. I agree with that, John. Hopping off at that. So what do you think men's mental health is? How how will we get there? We gotta be able to talk with one another. Like all of us be able to sit in a room. No matter you've got a problem with this person, that person. Say exactly how it is. Why did you feel that way? Okay, can, can we can we talk about? It? Oh, I'm sorry. This is what I actually meant. Oh, I'm, my fault, bro. I didn't mean it like that. Just being able to look someone in the eyes and say sorry and mean it. You know, we all make mistakes, but being able to say, "Yo, I'm sorry, bro." Like I genuinely did not mean that. But it's not just like that. It's over. You don't gotta act awkward around the person. You don't gotta oh, gotta duck him again. You know. So it's like <laughs> just being able to say, "Okay, bro, I'm sorry, man." You know, if that's your boy, <laughs> go kick with your boy, go apologize. And, like, I feel like that's something a lot of people don't got. And, like, you need that. You can't say I'm a man if you don't want to open your mouth or I'm sorry. That's not man mm-hmm. talk. You know, that's being a little boy. We don't want to disrespect nobody, but if you want to get that, that status, I'm a man, 
say how you feel. And we'll also have Franz hop on the mic real quick. One of the guests for day to day. Yeah, John, just going off of what you're saying, I think the ability to apologize as a man, as a black man itself, is also showing vulnerability. And I think for men's mental health, I think the strongest thing that we can do is accept that deep down inside we are vulnerable. And, and accepting that truth, you become stronger. And having the ability to apologize to another man when you have wronged them, it, if you're looking from the outside and if you had that sort of like very survival mindset, you're going to like look at this guy, oh, this guy right here, he's apologizing. He looks the weaker man. He looks the man that's not going to survive whatever is going to come to him. So yeah. that's why I feel like a lot of like interactions between men that don't end in an apology, that get physical, only do get physical because one person does not want to look weak in front of the other or in I, front of a group of other people. I agree with that. There's a, a, a quote by Malcolm X that I love. A man who d- doesn't stand f- for anything will fall for everything. I love that Absolutely. quote, and I feel like that's what it is. A real man stands up for what he believes in, no matter how it looks toward the, the others. It's just like, so I, I don't know how to transition this. So how do you view mental health as a man? Like each and each and every one of y'all. Like what do y'all view when y'all think mental health? What do y'all see? What is what pops up in your mind in that moment? Mental health, men's mental health. Just being comfortable in your own skin and just being happy, being you. You know, my mm-hmm. thing is I'm gonna be me all the time, regardless. If I'm not hurting nobody's feelings, I'm not doing nothing malicious. I could care less how you feel about me. I'm just having my fun, living my life. And if you feel a certain way, that's something that's in you that you need to go back, reflect, and then figure that out before you come back out. Because if I'm being myself and just living my peace, I'm happy. And to me, that's what mental health looks like, just being your best self all the time and not worrying what the world is going to say about you. Because the only, the only thing that matters is that voice in your head and you, because that's all you have. Well, for me, it's definitely um, mental health is, is a few different things. Like we've been talking about, the ability to express ourselves emotionally. You know, at Seeds of a Father, I have the Get Your Health Up initiative where we encourage um, men to be healthy mind, body, and spirit. And so, so for the emotional part, being able to express yourself, knowing that you can't cry, um, the psychological part, having a free mind, right? The ability to think freely, um, mentally. And then the social well-being, how does that connect to other people? Because you do have your own mental health, but then there's a social aspect too also. So mental health is the social, emotional, and psychological. So I'm dealing with that on the, on the regular basis. For instance, if... You know, how do I protect myself from things? There's all kinds of information flying around. So, but I got to protect my well-being, right? So, guess what? I'm not going to press on that video. You know what I'm saying? Because I already know what the video is about. So, I'm going to protect my mental health by not pressing that play, right? Because I already know that they leaned on his neck. So, what am I watching that for? So, now I'm mindful of my own mental health. And now I'm managing it by doing something active. So that mental health for me is, is social, it's emotional, 
and it's mental. So it's, it's very active, but it also is something that I can feel. So that's what it means to me. That's amazing. For me, Fun. men's mental health and like men's emotional like strength all stems from vulnerability. I think having the ability to go out in this world, in the world that we've been told is out to hurt us and go out and be ourselves despite anyone's feelings, despite anyone's thoughts, despite any social structure, is I think as a man, that's the greatest strength that you can have. Like being yourself and being able to be vulnerable in your own skin, like John said. So for me, I think men's mental health is realizing that we're not invincible mm -hmm. as we are thought to be or portrayed to be, especially as a black man. Everyone thinks that you're invincible. Everyone thinks that you have a front of being like this very tough, very mm -hmm. machismo type, and that's just not the case. I don't think that's the case for any man. Uh, for me, man, it's pretty hard for me to grapple with what like men's mental health is like specifically, but I try and keep it to like a couple few strategies that have like kept me going throughout most of my life. The biggest one for me, bro, is um, being humble, man. I think that's like one of the most valuable things you can do today. There's never been a world before that's been as complex as it is today. We got blacks on whites, Asians on everyone else, bro. It's just everyone against everyone. And then it's, 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 it's so much more complicated to our parents or their parents. And it's never been harder to describe like a world like that. So for me, being humble, if you're trying to learn, if you're really trying to learn, you got to be humble, man. It's super hard to learn about something you think you already know. I'm here. I'm in college. I'm starting this math degree. Bro, I think I already, I, I honestly think coming into freshman year that I had learned everything about math that I needed to know to get this degree. And it's biting me in the ass, bro. I think I know everything about it. I pull up to class and I like get my homeworks in and I don't know I don't know anything. These, these students are running rings around me, bro. I don't know anything, bro. What's this bro. guy's face looking like right now? But like, if you're humble and you're willing to know and accept the things that you don't know, especially with videos like that, like you were describing, Kevin, and like situations and, and how the world is set up today, being humble can definitely save you going into the long run, I think, for sure. And that's my go-to. Man, I, I have like, I don't know how to ask this question. So... Everyone knows us growing up, we saw a lot. But the old generation grew up definitely than the new one. You mm -hmm. feel me? Yeah. Nowadays, what do you see when you see men? Nowadays? Yeah. Compared to back then? Yeah. I definitely see a man who's, def who's, who's more willing to accept his mistakes. Like John was saying, I, I see men that are more open to dialogue. And men that are more humble, for sure. I think. I think my like my the the men in my life going back are some of the most stubborn people I know. But I mean, they're men of action. They're not men of talking. So I think that's the biggest, definitely the biggest key trait that's different between the man now and the man yesterday. I would I'll be inclined to agree with that. But I think while you have the modern man that is more willing to be, you know, less of that man of action, more of that humility, that vulnerability that we're talking about, I think that there is some resistance to that. I think there, there are some men in our generation that hold true the value of our fathers or uncles or grandfathers and all that yeah. in order to kind of like, in a way, preserve their strength and move through this world in a way that they have been taught. And 
I feel like those guys find it harder because I don't think they're really adapting. No. So they kind of still live in that old world mentality. I'm with it, dude. On that one, honestly, bro, like trying to learn about men's mental health specifically when I started with this, I always wanted to go back and kind of kind of like with you kind of just like change my dad when I was trying to like figure out what was going on. I was always trying to go back and almost rewrite the past so that maybe like I could validate myself, you know what I mean? And my existence like today. But you just can't do that, man. You kind of have to pick up and learn from what you got and then you kind of have to make the best with what you have. There's no point trying to trying to figure out how they lived and then trying to apply it to yourself. It doesn't work, man. It's a completely different world. It's a, con- it's a completely different world. We were talking about this, like, last semester on, like, the mock episodes, but bro, back in the day, it, it wasn't soft, but, like, it wasn't easy. It was hard. It was way more harder than it is today. I think it's probably easier to live a life today growing up as a black man. It's way easier. So, like... Um, I feel like it's... We've life has gotten a lot more comfortable. Where yeah. we have a lot more access to more things faster. So, from that from that perspective, I can understand that. But also, um, like to define men's mental health, I feel like that's like a that's a lot. And like each to each each man is different, and each man has their own thought pattern how they they feel that this is right and this is wrong. So. Um, Mental health for men, I feel like it's a lot of different things. It's not just one, this is what it is. Because that, what it is for, for me, won't work for you. Like, like we're all saying, you know, we all have our different ways how we cope and, like, we get to mm-hmm. understand what's going on inside our heads. So I, I feel like mental health is just um, just really trying to see what works best for you and mixing all the different things that you feel could help you and not just sticking with one thing because you don't know where your interest really lies, you know, because maybe just trying something once, you might like it, you know. You met your best friend, and you didn't know him, so maybe that, that activity that you're trying, you're pushing off from doing might be what you really like. So for me, I say mental health is whatever makes you feel like you're here in the moment. Yeah, well, you know, for me, it makes me think about the generation from the past, what what is the, what was considered a man back then? To where you work, you tell you, be a man, don't cry, all these different things. Yeah. And so now today, it's like you can cry, you can express yourself. So that's a different. It's a challenge because what a lot of older men, older than me, have grown up is to be to work, 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 don't express yourself. Yeah. Don't say I love you, right? And whatever I'm providing, you should know that I love you because I, I take care of you. And so now today, it's kind of like, no, I need to hear that you love me. You know, I want you to tell me that you love me, and then I still want you to buy me the stuff that I need too. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? That's not, it's not either one or the other. It's a matter of both and. I, I need to hear it, and I need to see it. Um, but what happens is the challenge was how they grew up what was modeled before them and they're modeling, they're modeled after their father and their father then express themselves or say I love you or show emotion. That's what their model is and now they're expressing that to their kid. And so it could be a challenge to where how they grew up as men, this is what a man was in their mindset. Now to be able to express themselves 
today can be a, a challenge for them, right? So the mentality of what a man is is being broken down differently, right? Not only are we describing toxic masculinity and stuff like that, right? So it's kind of like, oh, is it toxic masculinity or is that your perception of what a man is supposed to be doing? Um, so that's why books like, you know, guys like Jason Williams, um, Cry Like a Man, Fighting for Freedom, from emotional incarceration, these are good things to tools and books to read so we can be liberated from if listen, I feel like this. If we were created um with emotions, we should be able to express them. It's not gender specific. It's if you're a human being, you gotta so you should be able to operate in them. So but I think the gender roles put a a a, a stereotype on your ability to express based upon your gender. But you, everybody's created with them. Am I am I right? Yeah. So if you have them, you're supposed to be able to utilize them. You have them for a reason. So a lot of it is societal stereotypes, expectation, gender roles, right? When you have these different things happening to where what the expectation of what a man is, how it's expressed, changes, then you can say, oh, well, it's different from yesterday than it was today. Because now, what's viewed as a man? Hey, just think about it. There are more men staying at home and women at work, right? So somebody back in the day said, man, you ain't no man, you don't work. I don't know if you all seen that there's a, um, one of them TikTok things, man. It was like, oh, um, the kid was talking about in elementary school. And she was like, oh, yeah, um, this guy is not a man. You know, his, his mother said that he stays at home. And why the mother works. So, and the mom was like, and so it's like a stereotype. So if, if a man stays home and take care of the kid, they're not a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just when the gender roles switched or whatever they put on the gender roles, um, it can be a challenge to what a man is. And that can affect your mental health. Yeah. It can affect your your well-being. I'm sorry. I know you wanted to. No, I was, no, I was waiting. You were just spitting. But uh, what I want to add to that is I think the old perception of what a man is and why men were not, quote-unquote, allowed to show emotions is I think we're expected to live outside of ourselves, as in we're here to do a certain task and provide for this and that, for the family, for the children. That's why, like, the emotional unavailability that we've been characterized with kind of... Don't fit. Yeah, it doesn't really fit with what men are trying trying to become today because we're trying to live within ourselves we're trying to more so express ourselves as well as like delve into the reasons why we do this and that our own behaviors our own emotions stuff like that but we weren't expected to do that back in the day Mm. because back in the day there were certain jobs we had to do we couldn't have the time for that and over time you see a lot of men especially our fathers grew quite bitter and then yeah. things just kind of snowball from them. But I do think it's because we're not allowed to live within ourselves. We have to do something within society to prove our own value. Mm. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so this is also like a, a, a college podcast, you feel me? So how do you think the black man who, who chose t- t- to go to college, how do you think their mental health is affected in the educational standpoint? higher ed, elementary, high school, all that. Me, personally, they heard I stuttered. They heard 
what I'm African and I got put in what spe- um, special education no spe- special education courses, but I got out literally the first two days. So it's just like hmm. that affects you. I can't lie. Like I got out what the first two days. I got put in there for no reason. My first day, I'm just like, dang. So is this how y'all view me? That that's me up mentally to this day because it's just like nowadays I'm just like I won't speak in class respectfully I just won't speak because it's just like if I speak you think I'm I'm challenged but how do y'all feel about that because me I felt like dang y'all doubting me but I'm making it into honors PAP Mm. AP now I'm in college and you're still doubting me like how does that affect y'all mental um I feel like just like school wise growing up it never really taught us how to actually, like, understand what they're teaching us. I'll be honest with you, like, growing up, I struggled with math. Like, I didn't really learn fractions until I I got to college. That sounds crazy, but, like, <laughs> it's, bad, like it's like they're, they're teaching us whatever they're teaching us. It's like you're only teaching a certain group of people to understand what you're giving out. And then it's like the black kids in the back like, how did you get that? Wait. I, I kind of get it, but it's like I need to ask maybe four or five more questions. But if I do that, <laughs> oh, I'm wasting time. I'm slowing the class down. I'm, I'm I'm doing way too much. And then you get held back, or a few of them get, get held back. It's just like, oh, you guys aren't paying attention to the students who just can't understand it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not even that we can't understand. It's just like, like how we were speaking on, like how, like, we, we all don't learn the same way. You can't just go to the board and write the whole everything on the board and, and think I'm gonna get get that. Break it down step by step. Give me an analogy. Tell me in a story. Put in a mm-hmm. joke. Maybe every time yeah. I see, it, I will laugh like, ah, oh, that's that. You feel me? So how did that affect you mentally? Like mentally, I, this I, day I, too. I felt like I wasn't. I was just you have to go to school. I wasn't really learning. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't you don't like being there. You hate the subject. Then as you start progressing more and more into school, you got to do that subject again. And then it's like, oh, my gosh. And then you're just, you're stuck. And now you're saying, oh, my mental health is this, is this. It stemmed back from way back. So it's like, they don't teach us, right? And then like, when we say we need the help, they don't even give it to us, right? So it's like, we have to be here. So why, why not just do us right and give, it, give us the same tools as the other people? Exactly. That's not asking for too much. And then it's just like, all right, for instance, not a lot of black men go to college. Like, we're a few. We're no, literally that's, like, that's, what? That's a five fact. Five to ten percent of us. Because so it's, it's the way, it's the way, like, most people, it's the waste of their time. They're not going to help you. Why stress yourself? End up getting depressed. You have so much money to pay back. You can't get the right job. At the job, discriminate you. They still think you're a dumb black man after you get the qualification. Even still, then that you have more degrees, qualification, wherever's there, you're still a black man. So it's like, I did all of this, got your certificates, and I'm still not enough. So it's, so it's like, it makes us give up early. Yeah, and and I saw a few of my friends, a few of them gave up in middle school, a few of them gave up in high school, and a few of them literally their last year what college gave up. So it's just like. What they don't understand is us as black men, we d- deal with what societal pressures from 
watching our own get killed, shot, stabbed, or just overall oppressed to just walking into a classroom and then boom, the kids are also like that. The teachers are like that. That's the worst part is that it's like, you think your teacher probably thinks the worst about you and you still got to be in that class. So it's like, why would I want to learn from someone who doesn't even see me as a person? You know? It's it's, it's not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but it's like, I don't want to learn from you. I don't want to hear nothing that comes out of your mouth because it's like, you're not here for me. And it's like, it's understood. So it's like, if if we can't get what we need to even open the door, I'm not going to go to that door. That's a waste of our time. And and all of us are in college right now. Uh, all these students, you're a great one. You feel me? And it's just like, how did you get here? Knowing everything that came with against you. Well, no, just, oh, I'm sorry. Well, just to reflect back on the mental health and um, being affected in the education process, there's a lot of challenge um, being an African-American male. Um, just thinking about the elementary high suspension, high, um, yep. Yep. high IEP, high low expectation, right? If anybody did anything, you did it. Anybody start in trouble, you did it. You know what I mean? Um, and so this type of uh, target on your back, a um, lot of microaggressions, things that, you know, that we have to deal with, being two times better, knowing you better. And they say, well, you just made it in. I'm like, well, you know, I know I'm better than you. Mm. You know, but, but I got to act like I'm not just to get the job, right? And then once you get it, they feel threatened by you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so these are some of the things how it affects my mental health. It challenges your, it can challenge your confidence. It can challenge your ability to perform. Um, Cause hey, listen, being a social worker, working with kids with IEPs and they say, hey, um, anything that's gonna impede your academics is a problem. So we're gonna give you these resources to help you. Um, but what about my mental health? Because you have low expectations of me. I don't have these resources, but, but you still treat me not like the other kids. Um, and you hold me to a higher standard um, without no accountability for no reason at all, right? And so you quick to suspend me um, and not even trying to find out what's really going on. So um, that does impact your mental health. It does impact your confidence. It does impact your ability to p- perform. It does impact whether you want to stay or not, right? If no one supports you, no one believes in you, you already got one foot out the door anyway, so I might as well go, right? Because I'm not getting supported, right? I'm not getting what I need here. So it does affect your your mental health and then what you're able to do, how you're able to perform. When I'm working in these schools or around town and I'm listening to some of the students, they say, hey, Mr. Green, they're struggling academically. I'm like, okay, so... What's going on at home? Anything you know? Oh, I don't know what's going on at home. I'm just like, yeah. Well, what something may be impeding their ability to perform, right? When we get ready, now let's be honest. We we we've done what we do is we play sports or whatever, and we listen to songs. We get motivated or whatever before we do that activity, right? The same thing can happen the opposite way when we're impacted by what somebody said to us said, you're no good, you're never going to make it. Now, go to school. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Now, what's been said to me affects my mental health. And now I'm not able to perform because all I can hear, you keep saying that I'm not going to make it. Now, look, some people use that as motivation to elevate themselves, right? Some people use it as excuses to walk out the door, right? So that's how a lot of things in the education system, especially with African-Americans, can impact their mental health. You, you won't even be able to stay in school because of the expectation, and they kick you out before you even say, hey, I ain't do nothing. So if that's already um, creating barriers for you to get your education, that is going to affect your mental health. You're not going to be able to say, oh, you can't get a job. You didn't graduate. You went to school, you didn't graduate. Yo, you, that affects your mental health. But everybody else saying, hey, how long are you going to be in school, man? You've been in school since kingdom come. You know what I mean? I'm still here to this day. When you going to finish? I just transferred back. It affects, it affects your mental health and how you're able to perform. So that school system we were talking about earlier definitely needs to be revamped. You can look up the statistics about how African Americans are suspended at a high rates and all that due to their, what do they look like, due to their clothes, due to their hair, all kinds of crazy stuff that's impeding their ability to actually grow academically and be mentally stable. All these attacks coming from you, you mentally stable? Hell no. You're not mentally stable. You know what I mean? If I'm driving home right now, get in the car, mental health? Why black? Driving while black. Right? I get pulled over. I'm like, okay, I know what to do. I'm putting both my hands on the steering wheel. You know what I mean? I got a right to ask the officer, officer, why did you pull me over? Even though I know I was speeding. But I'm just going to ask anyway. (laughs) Right? Because I have a right to do it. I'm like, hey, officer, can you tell me why you pulled me over? This happened to me a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was going a little bit over the speed limit. But I'm like, okay, so. But I wanted to de-escalate whatever she was thinking. You know what I mean? I don't know what, but I know that you watch the same TV everybody else watching, and you've seen all these things happening. So let me de-escalate you right quick. Both my hands on the steering wheel, and um, officer, can you tell me why you pulled me over? Oh, you just beat it. I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, listen, officer, I'm gonna reach over in my bag to get my license and registration. Is that okay? She's like, just give me your license, right? Because I really believe that I de-escalated her anxiety. About what's this kid, you know, this man going to do? I don't know. But how I performed probably de-escalated her a little bit. Like, he's asking, can he reach into his bag? He's asking all these questions. You know what? Just give me your license. She came back. She says, listen, just slow down. I'm going to give you a warning. She said, I don't want your insurance to go up. Now, a lot could have happened in that, especially mentally. What's going on? The police officers, we're exposed to the same stories they're exposed to. So imagine what her mental health is going up to the car. So I take that in consideration, and then I act accordingly. Um, but a lot of times people don't have these skill sets, and nor do they care. They just want what they want. Hey, why are you pull me over and act all crazy? Um, but these type of things in the education system, even when we're driving, when I leave here, that's something that's going to affect my mental health. Am I going to get home safely? Y'all going to check on me? But yo, Green, did you get home? You know what I'm saying? I did y'all podcast. You going to make sure I'm good? Of course, man. <laughs> All, right. All right. So it looks like we got to wrap up. We have one more question. So which one of y'all want to ask the question? Um. So if you say anything to the black student audience in the community of color on this campus, what would you say? 
That is a that that's a lot. Um but number one, I would just com- commend them for pursuing the education. Number one. Um and then um I commend you guys for having um shows like this because it, it allows other people to be able to share what they could be thinking. Hey, listen, it's a challenge as a black man. All those microaggressions, all those expectations, um, when we walk into those classrooms, um, it can be a challenge for us to perform. And on top of our own expectation, you got an expectation of somebody else. Um, so I would I would encourage them to be healthy in their in their mental um in their mental health mind, body, and spirit. And, and that means that to be self-aware of how you're feeling, right? Um, tap in. You got feelings for a reason. Don't ignore them, right? Um, but then to be active, be actively engaged in making sure you live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and that just doesn't come from just reading. That comes from, you know, being aware, being socially connected um, to others, Sometimes people can pull out other stuff that um, you don't, you won't talk about. You know what I mean? And you never know how we all may agree if you just was say something, right? Yeah, that's hundred percent. So I would say I would encourage them to, um, especially around the mental health, to pay attention to their feelings, um, be sociable. I would encourage them to seek help. Right, there's a lot of pressure going on, and especially not just on campus, just in the world. Period. Um, there was a there was a film, and it was it was a documentary, and they asked the question: um, Is it more? They, he went to historic black colleges, um, Jenks Morton, and he asked the question: Are there more black black um, men in jail or in college? And they said jail. So the other thing I would do is try to help to dispel the stereotypes because that was not true, right? So um, that those stereotypes and things like that, will it does impact your mental health. It does impact your, your well-being. What you think impacts it. If you feel like you're no good, guess what? You're, you're, you might be depressed, right? It impacts the way that you feel. It impacts how you perform. So I would encourage them to to be more aware of their mental health and to, to pay attention to it and be actively engaged about it. That's what I would tell them. That was very beautiful said. Thank you so much for that. And Appreciate I feel like it. a lot of students on campus would definitely take that message to heart because we all need that, especially in times like this. Yeah. And we want to give one more last shout out to our guests. We want to say thank you so much for having you today on this platform. We love your message and everything you said really resonated with everyone here and everyone listening. So from, from our deepest heart, we want to say thank you. And this is Day by Day. It's your boy, John. And now, take it day, day by day. day.